9, verses 1 through 41. In fact, the whole, basically the whole chapter 9. <laughs> As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And he went and he washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud in my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes who he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of the man who had received the sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He asked, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open his eye, your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. 
If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking to you with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do, not, who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. I could say a lot about this text. It's, it's a, well, it's a long one, first of all. <laughs> and uh, and it's, a, it's a complicated one. And there's a lot going on in this text. I could talk about uh, how uh, Jesus uh, comes to this blind man uh, on the Sabbath and how breaking the Sabbath gets the Pharisees all worked up and they come uh, they, that, that's what causes them to revile Jesus. I could talk a lot about that, but that isn't really what this text is about. I could talk about, uh, the, the, the plight of blind people in the first century Palestine and the Jewish world that Jesus lived in, how they're untouchable, how spitting is kind of, I noticed, uh, Wendy, that you left out the spitting part where the kids, I thought that's the best part is when Jesus spits uh, in the eye of this guy and it, it heals him. But anyway, I could talk about how spitting is was disgusting, as disgusting then as it is now. And uh, that would have made the, the guy unclean and, and uh, that Jesus is crossing all kinds of social barriers by, uh, by putting mud in his eye and, and going through this process. I could talk about how uh, stirring up mud and spit is, is work on the Sabbath and healing is work on the Sabbath. And they had all these rules about healing on, and doing work on the Sabbath. But this text isn't really about that. I could talk about how uh, uh, for John, uh, Jesus, Jesus healing becomes a metaphor for Jesus becoming the Messiah in the world today and how there are those who understand that, who can see, and those who, who don't, who reject Jesus. I could talk about all that. I could talk about how the Pharisees uh, had plotted or were really out to protect themselves and their own prosperity and the, the tidy, the nice little lifestyle they had become accustomed to. But this text really is not about that. I could talk about how in the ancient world people thought that sin, that, that blindness and being crippled and being poor and being outcast and being uh, uh, Gentile and being Samaritan and being of a different race or being of a different gender or being born, born into the wrong family or being gay, how all of those things were somehow because of your sin or the sin of someone in your family and that God must be pronouncing a judgment 
on you and how there is this theology of judgment that carries on today we still feel like somehow god has judged us our plight is because of something we've done wrong or something that someone's done wrong for us or our parents or all of those kinds of things i could talk about that but this text isn't really about that this text is about before and after it is about i once was blind but now i see i once was lost but now i am found i once was poor but now i know abundance i once was dead but now i am alive that's what this text is about the before and the after it is about jesus coming and offering a way to go from before to the after it is about jesus opening the eyes of the world to see the love of god just like wendy said it is about opening up the eyes, opening up the ears, opening up the hearts of people to see and experience God's abundant and gracious and overcoming, overflowing, powerful, abundant love. You can say amen, that's okay. Thank you. That's what this text is about. It's about someone who was in darkness who could all of a sudden see everything and it made sense. And never again would that young man be plunged into darkness. It's also about those who remain in the darkness, even though Jesus exposed them to the light, even though Jesus opened their eyes, they said no. We don't know where you come from. We don't know what you're about. We don't care what you've done. We want... We want these credentials. We want to parse this out. And we just don't see what you're talking about. And they remain blind. Closed off to God's love. There are always going to be those who say no. I, we see it today. It's right there in front of them. It's there for them to hold on to and to take. And they cling to their darkness. They hold on to it like it's a comforter. Like it's a security blanket. Sometimes we ourselves, we kind of cling on to that darkness. We hold on to it. And we, we let a little light in, but then we quickly shut the door. <laughs> we quickly close our eyes. We're afraid it's the light's too blinding. It's just too much. 
But in reality, when we open our eyes, it is the after. And Jesus begs us, invites us, beckons us to come out of the before and into the after. Because what is, what is going on there? To be honest, in order to really understand where Jesus is going with this, John does this thing. And it would require that we would have to read the entire chapter 10 too. So I'm not going to do that. But it's, it's funny that we divide up, you know, on Sunday morning we pick out these little tiny texts because it was really meant to be read all together. And John does this thing of doing a narrative, a little story, which we got this story of a blind man being uh, given back his sight. And then Jesus does a discourse to explain what is really going on in that story. And in chapter 10 is the part where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and you are my sheep. And the sheep know my voice, and they follow the good shepherd into the pasture where they will receive safety, and good things to eat, that good grass. (laughs) And my sheep know my voice. And thieves come, in in John 10.10, thieves come but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Amen? That's the after. The full and abundant life that's found in communion and cooperation in the presence, in the fulfillment of Christ in our lives as individuals and as the collective body. And when we open up our eyes and we open up our ears, we can walk out into that pasture And we can follow the Good Shepherd. He leads us to that place where we find wholeness, where we find fulfillment, where we find what it's really all about. And if we let it go, the details don't matter. What I love about this guy is he does not get caught up in the details. The Pharisees, they want to get caught up in the details. Wait a minute, he's a, he's a sinner uh, because he, he broke this rule and this rule and this rule, yet he opened up your eyes and they're all in a quandary. They're all bunged up. The, the blind guy, he's going, look, I don't care what he is. I don't care. I don't know if he's a, a pig with wings. I don't care. Maybe he's a sinner. Maybe he's, I don't know what he is. All I know is I was blind and now I see. And I'll fill in the details later. They said, well, well who do you think he is? I don't know, a prophet. Maybe he's a prophet. Uh, does it matter? But okay, he's a prophet. Well, and that, doesn't, that isn't quite what happened. No, he's not a prophet. He, and they get mad at him. And Jesus comes to him and says, well, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, sure. <laughs> who, who is that? I, I'm happy to, you know, give me something here. And Jesus says, it's me. It's I am the Son. Okay. Oh, you're not a prophet. You're the Messiah. So he's on this spiritual evolution that happens after right but the before needed to get taken care of first the details don't matter you know we could talk about theology and and all of those kinds of things but the details don't matter 
He was blind. Now he's starting to see. And he's starting to grow in his faith. First he didn't know who Jesus was. Next thing you know, he's worshiping Him. and Following Him. And believing in all the good news that He brings. It's after this young man falls at Jesus' feet, he starts to teach about being a good shepherd. Meaning, follow my ways. Follow where I'm pointing. Forget about all this nonsense, all these details. But go where I'm pointing you, and you will receive good things. You know, in our world today, we're not, we're not really, people don't uh, value the notion of being a sheep. Right? Of just kind of, because sheep are stupid, really. <laughs> and they're, you know, they just kind of wander around and they go from food to food. And, you know, we've kind of, we kind of turned them into that. But in this case, what Jesus is inviting us to is to let go of the doubt, let go of the second guessing, let go of, of always having to pull back just at the moment when we almost trust what Jesus is doing. You know, it, do you do this? Because I do this. Just, we get right there and then we're like, oh yes, oh, I'm all about Jesus. And then we're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to go that far. And it's really just about letting go. Letting God be that light that guides us. And just resting in the assurance that where Jesus is going to take us is where we want to be. Take some trust. And I suppose trust is built on experience. And maybe the Pharisees couldn't trust Jesus because they didn't experience Jesus. Yet here was this blind man who had quite a remarkable experience. I think it's interesting he didn't really ask for healing, right? Could have gone the other way. He could have been like, what'd you do that for? <laughs> now what am I going to do? I had a good thing going on here. I was getting all kinds of alms. People knew me. I was on their GoFund site, you know. <laughs> I was getting all kinds of money. Why, what'd you heal me for? <laughs> but it didn't go that way. But, uh, you know, he didn't ask for it. He just ran headlong into God's grace. And was just open to it. You know, almost free falling, like that, those trust falls we do at camp, almost free falling into Jesus' arms. And everyone around him was all bunged up. His parents didn't know what to say, the Pharisees didn't know what to say. We get all, we get all twisted and bunged up. Jesus just invites us to relax, rest. To let yourself be drawn toward light out of the before into the after. That's really what this text is about. Really what Lent is about. Really about it's really what this time we have, these forty days, this journey we're on of self examination. Or even better, rather than examining yourself, 
letting the Holy Spirit examine you and open up all of those closed off spaces so that we are willing receptacles come Easter morning ready to receive all that God has in store for us. You're in the before. The invitation is there to move into the after. To open up your eyes and see. To open up your ears and hear. To go from being poor into the richness of God's abundance, not the world's abundance. To go from the death that is all around us and in us to life calls us to be all that we have been created to be. As we continue in our Lenten journey, I pray that you are drawn into the light, that your eyes are opened, experience the after even now. Let us pray. Great and loving God, we thank You. We thank You that You muddy us up and out of the chaos and the messiness of faith we see there is light, there is healing, there is wholeness. May we be willing May our stubborn selves be broken down that we might know You deeply, that we might follow You and hear Your voice as the Good Shepherd. We might come into Your pasture where we are safe, where we receive good things. ask all of these things in the name of Christ.